This program is brought to you by BibleWayMedia.org, overseen by the Uloga Church of Christ in Uloga, Oklahoma. Hello, welcome to our program today. This is Don Boyd with the Blue Springs Church of Christ. I want to welcome you to Opening the Scriptures. We want to continue in our studies on how to study the Bible. Today we're going to look at a brief summary of the New Testament books, just as we did with the Old Testament books in the last lesson. First of all, we look at Matthew. Matthew's name means Gift of Jehovah. <clears throat> the writer, the, again, the human writer of the book is Matthew. He's not called the writer in the book, but strong historical tradition from the early 2nd century says he wrote the book. Matthew is also known as Levi, the son of Alphaeus. When we look in Mark, chapter 2, verse 14. Mark, chapter 2, verse 14. <clears throat> it says, And when he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at receipt of custom, and said unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. In Matthew, chapter 9, verse 9, Matthew 9, 9, he is called Matthew. And it says there, And as Jesus passed forth from thence, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at a receipt of custom. And he saith unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. Matthew is not mentioned again after Acts chapter 1, verse 13. Acts chapter 1 verse 13 is the last time the Bible mentions Matthew. It says, And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room, where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew and Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon Zelotes and Judas the brother of James. The date of the writing of Matthew is probably between 60 and 70 A.D. The key features of the book of Matthew, <clears throat> Matthew was written to a Jewish audience to prove that Jesus was the promised Messiah of the Old Testament prophecies. There are some 53 quotations and 76 allusions from 25 Old Testament books in Matthew. It is the only gospel to mention the church. Matthew 16:18 Matthew 16:18 Jesus speaking and I said also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And then again in Matthew eighteen seventeen, Matthew eighteen seventeen, and if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. But if he will, and if but if he neglect to hear the church. Let him be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. Matthew paints a portrait of Jesus as king. The royal lineage of Christ is shown in the genealogy. His birth is despised by an earthly king. Wise men offer royal gifts to him. 
His coming kingdom is announced. His message has kingly authority. His miracles show his royal credentials. He is hailed as the son of David. His crown of thorns was more beautiful than any crown of gold and jewels ever worn. The inscription above his cross was this. This is the king of the Jews. Matthew 27, 37. Matthew 27, 37. And set up over his head this accusation written. This is Jesus, the king of the Jews. When we come to the book of Mark, Mark's name means hammer. The writer is Mark. Strong early historical tradition says John Mark wrote the book. Mark was the son of Mary of Jerusalem. Acts chapter 12, verse 12. <clears throat> Acts chapter 12, verse 12. It says, And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And this is praying for Peter's deliverance from prison there in the city of Jerusalem. Mark was the nephew of Barnabas. Colossians chapter 4, verse 10. <clears throat> Colossians chapter 4, verse 10. Here is Paul talking about others. He says, Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, saluteth you, and Marcus, sister's son, to Barnabas, touching whom ye receive commandments, if he come unto you, receive him. <coughs> Excuse me. So Mark was Barnabas's sister's son, or his nephew. The date of the writing of the book of Mark is probably in the early or the late 50s to the early 60s AD. The key features of the book of Mark, Mark was written to a Roman audience. Mark is fast-paced and full of excitement. Mark uses 10 Latin words <clears throat> and explains Jewish customs not familiar to the Gentiles or the Romans there. The Greek word straightway is found 42 times in the book of Mark. It is a word of movement and action. Mark stresses more of what Jesus did than what Jesus said. Mark shows Jesus to be the Son of God and also a busy servant of God. What Jesus did proved who he was. Mark shows the power of Jesus over the visible and the invisible world. <clears throat> when we look in Mark 1, 23 through 27, Mark 1, 23 through 27, it says, And there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? 
I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace and come out of him. And they were all amazed, <clears throat> insomuch that they questioned among themselves, saying, What thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commandeth he even the unclean spirits, and they do obey him. And then also, <clears throat> look in Mark 5, 38-42. Mark 5, 38-42. And he, that being Jesus, cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and seeth the tumult. And them that wept and wailed greatly, and when he was come in, he saith unto them, Why make ye this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. <clears throat> but when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel, and them that were with him, and entereth into where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand, and said unto her, Talitha kumai, which is, being interpreted, Damsel, I say unto thee, Arise. And straightly the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of twelve years. And they were astonished with a great astonishment. <laughs> Mark also shows Jesus' position as the supreme minister. Acts chapter 10, not Acts, Mark chapter 10. Verse 45, Mark 10, 45. <clears throat> Again, this is Jesus speaking. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, and to give his life a ransom for many. The book of Luke is next, and the name Luke means luminous or white. The writer, human writer again, is Luke to an individual that is named Theophilus, Luke 1, 1 through 4. <clears throat> For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us, even as they delivered them unto us, from, or which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word, it seemeth good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus, that thou mightest know the certainty of the things wherein thou hast been instructed. Luke is only mentioned three times by name in the Bible. Colossians chapter 4. Verse 14 is the first. Colossians 4, 14. Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11. 2 Timothy 4, 11. Only Luke is with me. And then Philemon 24. <clears throat> Philemon, verse 24, where it says, Marcus, Aristarchus, Demas, Lucas, my fellow laborers. 
Those are the times he is mentioned by name. Luke is the only Gentile writer of the books of the Bible. And the date of the writing is in the early 60s A.D. The key features of the book of Luke. Luke was written with the Gentile mind in consideration. <clears throat> it is the most extensive gospel narrative. It gives the full account of the birth of Jesus. It fills in blanks about the birth of John the baptizer. It reveals the parables of the lost coin, the lost sheep, and the lost sons, and the good Samaritan. And it also mentions the promise to the penitent thief on the cross. Luke covers the life of Jesus very extensively and proves to the Gentile world that Jesus is the Son of God. His genealogy covers from Adam to Christ, where Matthew's genealogy covers from Abraham to Christ. The book of John, John's name means the grace or mercy of the Lord. The writer is John the Apostle. The only John, though, mentioned in this book is John the Baptizer. The Apostle John refers to himself in this way, the disciple whom Jesus loved. And he did that in four verses. John 19, 26. John 19, 26. When Jesus, therefore, saw his mother, and to the disciples standing by whom he loved, he said unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. <clears throat> In John 20, verse 2. John 20, verse 2. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter, and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulchre, and we not know not where they have laid him. In John 21, verse 7. John 21, 7. <clears throat> Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girded his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked, and did cast himself into the sea. And then John 21, 20. Then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved following, which also leaned on his breast at supper, and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? So those are the four times that John refers to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. The opinions of the date of the writing have been given as before A.D. 70 and after AD 90. The key features of the book, <clears throat> John wrote to the world to prove that Jesus is the Son of God. John 20, 30, and 31. John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. John provides us details on the Holy Spirit. 
chapters 13 through 16. And we're not going to go through all of that, but I do want to read just a couple of passages here. <clears throat> John 14, 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. And then John 16, 13 through 15. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I, that he shall take of mine, and shall show it unto you. And, of course, many other things are found in those chapters about the Holy Spirit. He gives, or John gives, an extensive look at Jesus' farewell discourse on the night that he was betrayed. Now, you think about it, whenever we look at this, <clears throat> the Holy Spirit is promised. All right, we back up to John chapter 12 and that is where he talks of you know just before the feast of the Passover get this straight John 13 starts the feast of the Passover he shows that Judas is the one that would betray him and then after G Judas left John now that's when Jesus begins to promise the Holy Spirit would come and then he also gave his great intercessory prayer there for others, those that would follow him. The resurrection of Lazarus is also given in minute detail as we look a little further back there in the book of John, there in chapter 11. <clears throat> other material is found in John that is not found in the other accounts of the gospel. <coughs> John writes to convince that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and he cites witness after witness to show the truthfulness of the confession made by Thomas. That confession is in John chapter 20, verse 28. John 20, 28. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. The book of Acts, whenever you look at it, sometimes it will say Acts or Acts of the Apostles or something like that. But really the book of Acts contains some of the Acts of some of the Apostles. The human writer of the book of Acts is Luke. And again, it is addressed to the man named Theophilus, Acts 1, verses 1 through 3. Acts 1, 1 through 3. The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all, thing, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach, until the day in which he was taken up. After that, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. After that, he, through the Holy Ghost, had done that. Verse 3. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion, by many infallible proofs, 
being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. <clears throat> As you look through the book of Acts, you will see the words, we, us, he, and they. Now these are statements on the missionary journeys of Paul that we're looking at, and they tell us whether Luke was with Paul or not. In Acts chapter 20, this is just one example, Acts chapter 20 verses 1 through 6. It says, and after the uproar was ceased, and of course that was at Ephesus, Paul called unto him the disciples and embraced them and departed for to go into Macedonia. Now notice, and when he, now notice the he there, that being Paul, had gone over those parts and had given them much, much exhortation, he again came into Greece and there abode three months. And when the Jews laid wait for him, he was about to sail to Syria. He purposed to return through Macedonia. And there accompanied unto him into Asia, or accompanied him into Asia, Sopater of Berea, and of, Thessal of the Thessalonians, Aristarchus and Secundus, or Secundus, and Gaius of Derbe and Timotheus of Asia, Tychicus and Trophimus. These going before tarried for us at Troas. So between this time there in Troas, Luke had joined Paul's party there. And you will see that throughout Paul's missionary journeys. The book of Acts was written <clears throat> at a different time than the Gospel of Luke, a little later than Luke, but it was also written in the early 60s A.D. Theophilus is called most excellent Theophilus in Luke 1.3, but you'll notice in Acts 1.1, Luke calls him O Theophilus. This implies that Theophilus was a government official when Luke was written, but he no longer held that position when Acts was written. The key features of the book of Acts Acts shows us the beginning of the church and the problems that they faced. It shows us Paul's conversion. It shows us Paul's missionary journeys throughout the Roman world. It shows the establishment of the church in those areas and the problems that they faced. Acts is the only book that shows the conversion of the people into the church and what they did to obey God's plan of salvation. One example of that is Acts 18.8. 8. Acts 18.8. 8. And Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his house. And many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed, and were baptized. Now there are those that will try to say, well, see here, Crispus was only believed, and that's all he had to do to be saved. But whenever you look over in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Verse 14, 1 Corinthians 1, 14, Paul says, I thank God that I baptized none of you but Crispus and Gaius. So Crispus was also baptized. And you will see throughout the book of Acts that baptism was necessary for the remission of sins. Acts takes us from the ascension of Jesus 
to the church being established, to the journeys of some of the apostles. You know, the apostle Peter is mentioned in there as well. And then Paul on his uh, missionary journeys. And then Paul in a Roman prison in his trip to Rome. Acts is an instruction manual that gives us details of the work, worship, and government of the church. <clears throat> the book of Romans was written to the church that was in Rome. The writer of the book of Romans, the human writer again, was the apostle Paul. It was written at the end of Paul's third missionary journey, in either 55 A.D. or 58 A.D. The key features of the book of Romans, there are different congregations and 26 individuals listed. Part of that we just look at in Acts 16, 3 through 5. Acts 16, 3 through 5. Where it says, Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Jesus Christ, who have for my life laid down their own necks, unto whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. Salute my well-beloved Epinetus, who is the first fruits of Achaia under this day. And then he mentions a Mary there in verse 6, who bestowed much labor on you. And then... Verse 7, salute Andronicus and Junia, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners who are of note among the apostles who also were in Christ before me. Then he mentions several other individuals as you go down through there. There were problems among the Gentile and Jewish Christians in Rome that Paul addressed. The book stresses faith, the eternal righteousness of God, the blessings and privileges of living a life in Christ and proper attitudes toward our brethren. Romans approaches the universal need for the redemption of mankind and addresses the great theme of Christian doctrine. The book of 1 Corinthians was written to the church in Corinth to fix several problems and answer many questions which the church had written and asked Paul. <clears throat> Again, the human writer is Paul. It was written in the mid-50s A.D. The key features of the book of 1 Corinthians, <coughs> it addresses the topics of division, marriage, adultery, the withdrawal of fellowship, lawsuits among brethren, meats sacrificed to idols, spiritual gifts and their end, the misuse of the Lord's Supper, the resurrection of the dead, and the collection for the saints. Paul had visited Corinth, which was a wicked city of about half a million people, in AD 52 on his second missionary journey. We go back to the book of Acts, and this time we go to chapter 18, verse 1. <coughs> Acts 18, 1. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth. <coughs> he received correspondence from the household of Chloe, 
about many problems in the church that Paul addressed. Whenever you look down in Act, excuse me, chapter 1 there, 1 Corinthians verse 11, For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. So there we have the household of Chloe. And then Paul received correspondence from that group, and then he answered many questions. The book of 2 Corinthians also was written there to the church in Corinth to address their reaction to the first letter that Paul had written them, the first Corinthian letter there. Again, the human writer is Paul, there of 2 Corinthians, written shortly after the first letter between AD 55 and 57. Key features of the book of 2 Corinthians. Paul had to defend himself against those that falsely accused him. He gives a long list of things that he suffered. He had to endure for his Christianity. He related details of his life and experiences in preaching the gospel. The account of his being caught up into the third heaven. And then the repentance of the offender of 1 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians was written to address the reaction of some of the Corinthians had to the letter of 1 Corinthians. Paul was anxious to learn how they received the letter, so he sent Titus to them for a report which happened while Paul was in Macedonia. I want to read 2 Corinthians 7, 5 through 10. 2 Corinthians 7, 5 through 10. For when we were come into Macedonia, our flesh had no rest, but we were troubled on every side. Without were fightings, within were fears. Nevertheless, God that comforteth those that are cast down comforted us by the coming of Titus. <laughs> and not by his coming only, but by the consolation wherewith he was comforted in you when he told us, your earnest desire, your mourning, your fervent mind toward me, so that I rejoice the more. For even though I made you sorry with a letter, I do not repent or regret, though I did regret it or repent. For I perceive that the same epistle hath made you sorry, though it were but for a season. Now I rejoice, not that you were made sorry, but that you sorrowed it to repentance. For ye were made sorry after a godly manner, that ye might receive damage by us in nothing. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world bringeth death. The Galatian letter was written to the churches in the Roman province of Galatia. Again, the Apostle Paul is the human writer. Galatians 1.1 Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. The letter was written somewhere between A.D. 53 and 57. The key features of the book. The letter of the Galatians is a letter of reproof and correction. In it we see Paul's rebuke of Peter, the fallacy of following the law of Moses, 
the destruction that teaching and obeying false doctrine brings. We find the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit and a clear statement that we can fall from God's grace. Galatians 5.4 Christ has become of no effect unto you whosoever you are of you are justified by the law you're fallen from grace <laughs> very clear statement the Galatians were the Gauls or another name for the French they were very erratic and inconsistent in their actions and Paul had to establish that he was an apostle he had to refute the errors of the Judaizing teachers and he had to urge the Galatians to live pure and faithful lives. The book of Ephesians was written to the church at Ephesus while Paul was in his first Roman imprisonment. Paul was in a Roman prison around AD 60 to 61. Again, Paul is the human writer, Ephesians 1.1. 1, 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. The key features of the book, God's eternal plan for man's redemption. The book of Ephesians focuses on the church of Christ. Ephesians 3, 10, and 11. Ephesians 3, 10, and 11 to the intent that now under the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be made known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Ephesians was written to establish and confirm the Christians in Ephesus and that would be in the fundamentals of the faith. The book of Philippians was written to the church at Philippi. It was also written while Paul was in his first Roman imprisonment. Philippians 1.1 shows us that Paul is the human writer. <clears throat> Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus which are at Philippi with the bishops and the deacons. So again, this was written around AD 60 to 61. Key features of the book of Philippians. It's a letter of encouragement and rejoicing. The mind of Christ is shown there in Philippians chapter 2. There is an exhortation there for two women to get along in Philippians chapter 4, verse 2. Philippians 4, 2, I beseech Euodius and I and beseech Syntyche that they be of the same mind in the Lord. So there were some problems there that they were having. And it mentions the need to surrender everything for Christ. The church at Philippi was the first church on European soil that we know of. Paul established it on his second missionary journey and he visited it twice on his third journey. You might remember this is where uh, the Philippian jailer was converted and after Paul and Silas had been cast into prison. The Philippian church supported Paul and received other 
support from other churches for him. Philippians 4, 15 and 16. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica ye sent once and again unto my necessity. <coughs> so that congregation in Philippi was helping the Apostle Paul. There were those who were sending money for Paul there for his journey to the Philippian church, and the Philippian church was sending that on to the Apostle Paul. And then Paul also warns of Judaizing teachers and exhorts them to think on good things. The letter of the Colossians was written to the church in Colossae, again while Paul was in his first Roman imprisonment. Colossians 1.1, 1, 1, Paul is the writer, the human writer again. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. And Timotheus, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren which are in Christ at, which are at Colossae. That's verses 1, first part of verse 2. Again, the book was written around A.D. 60 to 61. The key features of the book. It focuses on the Christ of the church. Ephesians focused on the church of Christ. Colossians focuses on the Christ of the church. It exhorts the Colossians to beware of false doctrine. Colossians chapter 2 verse 8. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. It proves that baptism is a work of God, Colossians 2.12. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. There are those that try to say, well, baptism is a work, and we can't work our way to heaven. No, baptism is a work of God. Baptism is a work of God, something that he commanded. It proves that the law of Moses is not in force today, Colossians 2.14. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances, which was, or that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. The law of Moses was fulfilled. And he warns the Colossians to get sin out of their lives and put godliness back in the place where the sin was removed from. Colossians discusses doctrine. It attacks a heresy that was in Colossae. It sets forth godly everyday living. And it gives personal greetings and instructions. The book of Thirst Thessalonians was written to the church in Thessalonica. Again, Paul was the human writer, verse 1 of 1 Thessalonians 1. Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus under the church of the Thessalonians, which is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. The book of 1 Thessalonians was written about A.D. 52. The key features of the book, patiently waiting for Christ, 1 Thessalonians 1.10, 1 
1 Thessalonians 1.10, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Another key feature is we are to accept the word of God. It mentions the resurrection of the dead. And there are short exhortations to faithfulness. 1 Thessalonians 5, 15 to 22. 1 Thessalonians 5, 15 to 22. See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow, after, follow that which is good both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit. Despise not prophesyings. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. That's down through verse 22. <coughs> First Thessalonians shows us that we must have the right attitude toward the word of God. It reminds us of what God has done for us. It tells us to pray for the spiritual growth of our brethren and to be ready for the second coming of Christ. Second Thessalonians was also written to the church there in Thessalonica. Paul again is the human writer, verse 1. Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus under the church of the Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. It was written shortly after 1 Thessalonians, again around A.D. 52. <clears throat> Key features of this book, the eternal punishment of those that do not God and those that do know God and do not obey. It mentions the man of sin. You get in and study that. It is not what a lot of people try to say as a, uh, well, I'm trying the Antichrist. There is no such thing as the Antichrist. John does mention many Antichrists. The man of sin described here, more than likely, uh, you look at it, Catholicism. But it also mentions discipline of the disorderly. Second Thessalonians was written to correct the false idea that Christ was coming immediately. <clears throat> The book of 1 Timothy was written to Timothy to instruct him how to successfully deal with the problems in the church in Ephesus. <laughs> Paul, again, is the human writer. <clears throat> we'll read verses 1 through 3. 1 Timothy 1, 1 through 3. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope, Unto Timothy, my own son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and the Jesus Christ our Lord. I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. The book of 1 Timothy was written around A.D. 62 or 63. The key features of the book who to pray for, the qualifications of elders and deacons, to beware of false teachers, rules for reproving elders and widows, and the foolishness of desiring to be rich. 
First Timothy teaches a lot about the work of preachers of the gospel. The book of Second Timothy was written to Timothy to encourage him to come to Paul quickly and also to remain faithful. <clears throat> Paul is the writer, 2 Timothy 1.1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus. It was written in late 67 or early 68 A.D. while Paul was waiting his execution at the hands of the Romans. Paul died under the hand of Nero, and Nero died early in AD 68. So we know that about late 67, early 68. Key features of this book, be fearless in the face of persecution. Study God's word. Warnings about false teachers. The promise of the persecution for the faithful the instruction, the demand to preach the word of God without compromise. Be faithful unto death. And he mentions Demas, which is the falling away of a once faithful man. Second Timothy is a letter to encourage us to be faithful in everything we do, even in the face of severe persecution. And if we do that, we will receive the reward that is promised by God. Titus was written to Titus to help him deal with the problems in the churches on the island of Crete. Paul is the human writer. Titus chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect, and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness. It is written around A.D. 65. The features of the book, key features, to correct the errors in the church there in Crete, Titus 1.5. For this cause I left thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting, and ordain elders in every city. <clears throat> so another key qualification there, or a key feature is the qualification of elders. We also have the duties of aged men and women and young men and women. And then the actions against heretics. Titus shows us that we are servants of God and we're to act like it. The book of Philemon was written to a man by the name of Philemon who was a member of the church in Colossae. <laughs> and again, it was written while Paul was in his first Roman imprisonment, A.D. 60-61. Paul is the writer, verse 1 of Philemon, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and to Timothy, our brother, unto Philemon, our dearly beloved and fellow laborer. <coughs> Key features of the book, brotherly love for a beloved brother, conversion of a runaway slave and his return to his master as a brother in Christ, and then the confidence of prayer. Philemon is a letter that makes a plea for a runaway slave by the name of Onesimus, whom Paul converted while he was in prison there, to his master Philemon, and it is a request or a plea to accept him back as a brother in Christ. 
The book of Hebrews was written to Hebrew Christians who are in danger of leaving Christ and going back to the law of Moses or just going to nothing at all. They were being severely persecuted. The writer is unknown. There have been a lot of hours that have been wasted in order to try to prove it was Paul, but you know what? The author of the book of Hebrews is the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter who the human is that wrote it down. And it was written down about A.D. 65. The key features of the book, Christ and his system of religion are far better than angels, far better than the law of Moses, far better than the priesthood of Aaron, far better than the sacrifices of the law. But then also we see the necessity of attendance when the saints meet and to accept God's correction or his chastening. Hebrews was written to show the danger of apostasy. Hebrew warns us not to turn away from God. We are to think of Christ as the only begotten Son of God. We are to hold fast to the faith. We are to realize that the believer who falls from God's grace is faced with eternal punishment and to warn us to return to being faithful. The book of James was written to Hebrew Christians who were scattered abroad. The writer is James, the Lord's brother. James chapter 1, verse 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. James was written about A.D. 60 to 62. The key features of the book tells us where temptation comes from talks about the perfect law of liberty, gives us how faith and works go together. It shows the use and dangers of the tongue. It shows what happens when there is fighting among brethren. It also declares the uncertainty of life and the power of prayer. James is a book of practical instructions on the duties of the Christian life. The book of 1 Peter was written to both Jew and Gentile Christians who were scattered in the central and northern Asia Minor. Peter is the writer, 1 Peter 1.1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to the strangers scattered throughout, <coughs> scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. It was written about A.D. 64. Key features of the book the promise of an eternal inheritance. It shows the example that Christ set. We are to speak as the oracles of God. It shows the necessity of baptism, the fiery trial that Christians face, humbleness to God, resistance of the devil, and the word suffering is mentioned 16 times. 1 Peter was written to exhort Christians to stand fast in the face of trials and temptations and to look with strong hope to heaven. The book of 2 Peter was written to Christians in general. Again, the writer is Peter, 2 Peter 1.1. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. This was written shortly before Peter's death around A.D. 68. 
The key features of the book, we find the Christian graces. We see false teachers and heresies described. We see the certainty of Christ's second coming and its results, the destruction of the universe and the judgment. Key features of the book, it is a letter of encouragement. Key features of the book of 1 Peter. <laughs> it was written to exhort us to remember that the Lord's will to do it and to stand fast in it. We are to beware of false teachers and their ways, and we are to be prepared for the second coming of Christ. We're going to stop right there in our lesson today, and Lord willing, next time we will continue in our brief look at the New Testament books. We'll be starting there with the book in first of First John, and then... We will get to some other things like why do we study the Bible? Why do we do that? <coughs> well, again, this is Don Boyd with the Blue Springs Church of Christ. I want to thank you for being with us today. If you're ever in the Blue Springs area, Blue Springs, Missouri, we want to invite you to come and worship with us. We always meet at 930 on Sunday morning for Bible class for all ages and then Sunday morning at 10.30 for a worship service and Sunday evening at 6 for a worship service. We also meet on Wednesday evening at 7 for Bible classes for all ages again and a short devotional period. So if you're ever here when you're invited to come and worship with us, study the Bible. Again, thank you for being with us today and we look forward to being with you next time. Thank you for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this program. You can find out more about Bobway Media by visiting us at bobwaymedia.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We encourage you to leave us a rating on iTunes and on the Podbean app. We also would like to encourage you to visit the Online Academy of Biblical Studies, that's oabs.org, and consider enrolling in one of their classes in the fall or spring semesters. As always, we thank you for listening.